Well, hello, my lovely podcasters, and welcome to this wonderful, lovely episode of Your Manchester. I'm speaking like that, and I do not know why. How are you, Brandon? I'm very good. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much. We've got a marvellous show lined up for you today, so fasten your seatbelts. You are in for a tumultuous ride as we speak to the CEO of Manchester Pride, Mr. Mark Fletcher. Mr. Mark Fletcher, how are you? Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you. Um, I'm keeping well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I always love to come to work. Thanks thanks for doing this. A very busy day it's been quite an emotive day i should imagine for you yeah it really has you, you know i think you know me quite well through the interviews that i've done i'm really passionate about what it is that we do at manchester pride and when there were there were times where you're facing challenge or people not quite understanding what what's happening it can be tough um it comes with the territory uh, and i'm here to you know to answer your questions and, and, and set the record straight really as much as i can well, then we'll get straight Thank to you. it, Flower Pot. We'll get straight to it. Um, we, we've got to talk. Obviously, the, your accounts for the business have been touched on left, right and centre today. Yes. And I bet you're sick of talking about them. It might have been easy, perhaps, to put an Excel sheet out for the world to see yeah. mindset. You know what? It might have been. And what we've learned from this is we need to be really clear and help people to understand our accounts because they're not the easiest documents to, to understand as it is. And when people are trying to look for fault or errors in them, um, they, they're, they're stumbling. You know, I had an interview this morning where somebody asked me what VAT was um, and that was a journalist. You know, I, I think we need to we, we could be get, get better at creating the narrative of explaining to people what's in our accounts and, and what, what's our funding model and, and how do we spend our money. We well, need to get better. They... I do think we can get, get better at that. Previously, we've what... had uh, some really clear annual impact re- reviews that we've published. And it's obvious now that, that our, our, our audiences value them. So we need to spend time to make sure that we're getting all of this right and so that people can understand what it is we do and, and how. So what is it, how would you describe Manchester Pride then, your, your company, your charity? How would you describe what you actually do? So Manchester Pride, first and foremost, is a charity. You know, we, we've got four goals. Uh, to campaign for the advancement of LGBT plus equality um, to, at home and abroad. Um, to stage uh, an, an annual world-class celebration um, of Pride for LGBT plus people in Greater Manchester. Um, to create cultural opportunities for people to engage in society and, and thrive and, and feel uh, and reduce isolation. Um, and then also to make uh, funding packages, make packages and grants funding packages available for grassroots community causes and charity partners that are providing essential and vital um, work and, and opportunity for people to come together throughout Greater Manchester. So that's what we do as a charity, you know, first Mark, and foremost. How can you expect people to engage when your charities release statements saying that you're no longer funding the, the safer sex scheme within Manchester's village? Mm. I mean, that was yeah. a statement from yourself, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, again, just to be to be really clear on this one, you know, the way in which it's been, the, the narrative that's been picked up and the angles that have been put on are, are not quite right. So there's been a number of stories, and I know on social media, the Fiora saying that Manchester Pride is stepping away from, from George House Trust and from LGBT Foundation. And that's not true. That's just not true. You know, we've had many conversations with each of the charities and, and, and you know, heads up. I'm actually sitting down with, with my peers, with my CEOs, with, with, with who we have, we have a great relationship with tomorrow at George Alstros and LGBT Foundation to, to thrash this out. You know, we're having to restructure the way in which we're, we're distributing our grants. And that's in direct response to, to the pandemic and to what it is that our communities have told us. We've had thousands and thousands of people telling us what they'd like to see us do with our funding. And we've been speaking to, to the LGBT Foundation, George asked just about this. And we want to, you know, we want to be able to clearly outline our continued funding commitment. Um, but that will look differently moving forward um, as we, we're outlining what our grant structure is 
as we recover, that's, you know. That's good, and that's great that you guys are going to be having those kind of chats. But obviously, you also put out another press release um, earlier on uh, recently in the past week saying that it was due to the fact that a certain funding agreement had expired and a new one needs to be made. Why wasn't a new one already created before this expiration date came up? Yeah, so it's not a case of that those it expired. The funding arrangements were changing, and that's what we needed to to work on. Before we went into the pandemic, we were engaged in conversations, really trying to understand what what the best way forward on this is. And then, as the pandemic struck, each three of our organisations had to firefight for survival. You know, funding cuts left, right, and centre. Uh, with Manchester Pride, we were unable to deliver our, our festival, which is our key stream of income. Um, so, I guess some of those conversations slipped, and some of the and some of the what I consider priorities were deprioritized at that time, which, which left for confusion. And, and it's ended up where we are now, where, where people are unclear about what's happening and, and where we're going. And we need to put that right, and we need to do it quickly. So this would be the um, 85% that you were down in 2020, then, would it be, of the, yeah. the income that comes in? Mm-hmm. Uh, of the 3.94 million, I think it was shown in the, in the books. Okay. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah so in 2000, 2019, yep, yeah, that's, where, that's where we were. We'd worked hard to get from a position of... When I started, the charity was turning just over a million pounds. And, and as we've grown, obviously, costs have increased. We've increased the size and scale of the festival to respond to what it is that our audience and communities have told us that, that they want. Uh, and we were proud to be able to get to, a, to the position that we were in 2019, which everybody has told us was where they wanted us to be. Um, yeah, and, and in 2020, that was decimated. You know, we weren't able to deliver physical events. And, and we, as a charity, we really struggled to get through. We, we had to put in many different strategies for our survival to make sure, sure that we could be here as a Pride um, organisation after the pandemic to continue to, to do what we do and to raise funds mm-hmm. for the causes that we support. Mark, are you an organisation that raises money for your events or are you an organisation that raises money to help the community? It's both. So first and foremost, Manchester Pride is tasked with, you know, creating Manchester Pride Festival. That's our annual celebration. Um, and that event is not funded publicly. You know, that's funded by our ticket buyers. That's funded by event, uh, by attendees at our events. So when you buy your pledge band, we activated a campaign a couple of years ago just to, to, to really remind people that when they buy their pledge band, they're supporting this Pride celebration that's happening, supporting the cause and also helping us to raise funds for vital causes other than our own. So, that, yeah, that's... That, that's how it works. Now, so, surely you've also said um, there was different listening groups have come across and said that they want to keep the festival stuff going. From the view that it's been taken from the community and especially online recently, I feel that they're, they're not really wanting this uh, festival style thing and they would rather more money was put into the village and what goes on there. What would you think of that? Yeah, we have to listen to what everybody says, and that's really important. Um, as I touched on previously, you know, last year, and we're constantly talking to people, so there's, we want to be really open and honest about this. What we've seen online is a response that we didn't anticipate, and we're going to be asking everybody who has an opinion to engage through our channel so we can be really clear. We have to listen to what it is that communities are saying, and we have been doing that. You know, we've literally, without a word of a lie, we're having thousands and thousands of people that have responded to our surveys when we've asked, what do you want Why to see these next? surveys published, Mark? Yeah, they're online. So after the event, well, so basically there's a couple of ways that we do it. When we um, are heading into an event, uh, such as the festival, we'll do on-site consultations. You'll see um, some of our volunteers wandering around with iPads, asking people to complete surveys on-site. 
after the festival, we do an online one. We email all of our ticket buyers, and then we do another one, just putting it on our channel. So people who maybe didn't attend the event or aren't connected from us, we still want to know what they'd like to see from us as a charity and from our events. So we promote them through all of our social channels and with our media partners to get as many people entering their responses as we can. And last year... it'd be a good idea to maybe get a new one set out and especially promote it more, especially online and get people interested to see if people still have the same faith in Manchester Pride now that they did in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, we. The, I'm not talking about, yeah, the, you've greatly mentioned the past few years, but these, these these latest surveys, one of them was done as consultations, one was done this year, so these are very current, and I agree with you. Yeah, of course, we need to make sure that they are, con- you know, open and that we are engaging, but we, we, we need to do more as well. We're going to be inviting people to talk to us in, in a personal forum, in person, and through our surveys the way we have done previously, but this isn't new for us. So that's why it took us by surprise when we saw some of the responses um, by certain people on, on social media. And these are opinions that, that, that you know, that we value and, and that we will listen to. I need to be really clear about that. I, I don't own Manchester Pride. It's not mine. It's ours. No, no. And the day we stop listening to what people want is is the day we're not doing, doing it right. And, and I was very clear from the day I stepped in and have done ever since is making sure that we're listening to what it is that our audience is telling us that they want. And we honestly do that. Mark, it would be remiss of me not to mention the fact that you've had to cut staffing and yet you yourself have took a pay increase. How can you justify that to people who still want to believe in this as a community event? Yeah, I don't understand this. This, this, Again, this is taken out of context and not quite true. I didn't have a pay increase at a time we've cut staff, so that, that narrative or what's been presented there isn't correct. Um, so there's a re- reference to, to my salary and the salary banding for the CEO is clearly published in our accounts. And again, we, we need to make clear about that as we go forward so people understand we're, we're not hiding this whatsoever. You know, our board of trustees who are volunteers set salary gradings for each of our roles um, commensurate with the skills that are required to perform that function. And they go out there to make sure the comparative with public sector and voluntary community sector organisations to ensure that they are what they would have to pay if they went to open market mm-hmm. to replace me or to replace another member. You know, that's that's how our board operates our salary structures. But still in 2019, £3.94 million was coming to yourselves. And yet it now seems that the VLBA is having to fund this safer sex scheme. And therefore, it's the people that are now funding this safer sex scheme. Can you justify that or think that that's a sensible way that should be going when it's been 25 years of full-on support for this very important scheme? I think this this scheme, first and foremost, is really important. And I've been very outspoken about this, both internally with our organisation and externally. And, you know, our, our peers and my friends at LGBT Foundation know about this as well. I think it's incredible when the community pulls together like this and recognises that that's a scheme that is important and, and needs to be retained. We would always, you know, and we will always continue to... to not only ask for, but encourage application for funding forwards for whatever the foundation would like us to fund. Um, I think it's incredible what, what the VLBA have, have done. You know what I mean? I really so, do. So the, the VLBA are around about 30, 35 grand they've, they've raised so far with the people of Manchester. Would Manchester Pride kind of backtrack now and like to give extra money to perhaps max, match the donation so that this is a continued scheme and there's no break in mm-hmm. this scheme? So this will be a continued scheme. I and mean, I'm sitting down with the LGBT Foundation tomorrow to talk about what the future will look like for us. They may not want us to do that. The, what we need to know, you know, what we need to make clear is they, they've got our continued support, but we need to figure out what that looks like. Now, I'm not in a position to say, oh, we'll, we'll offer match funding. And that's not really, that's not, 
it, that's not how charities can work. You know, between all of all the three charities that we've been talking about here, that's not what happens. We want to make sure that we can make as much funding available possible to them for whatever it is that they would like for us to fund. And they're the conversations that, that we're going to be having tomorrow. OK, now the, the vigil as well, I'd like to touch on that because, um, well, it's not really for the two charities anymore, is it? The, the, the bulk of the money doesn't go to the, the LGBT or the George House mm -hmm. Trust anymore, does it? The bulk of, I don't know what you mean, the vigil? Yes, or does it? Yeah. Oh, no, it absolutely does. So, yeah, that's that's not quite right, that. So, okay. the vigil specifically, um, there's a couple of ways that we've, we've well, we've asked, um, and we've asked both charities how they'd like us to approach it. Um, in the past, we've said that we would fundraise specifically for George House Trust, it being rel related to HIV. Um, and then in other instances, we've said we'd, we'd uh, fundraise for both charities. What each of them have said is they prefer for us to fundraise for the Manchester Pride Fund that gets evenly distributed between all charities and causes. Um, so that's 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 always been the case. And we have you know suggested that we could change it to, to maybe make it for one charity or the other if they felt it was appropriate. And they've each come back and said that that isn't the way that they think is appropriate. They they think that, that the agreement, the, the way in which we, we come together and we, we fundraise and then and allocate that funding is the most is the best way. Do you feel that the, the way that the um, Pride Festival business charity has conducted itself over the last few weeks has messed up a very valuable reputation with the community within the village? I think we've definitely got some re repair to do within the village. Mm -hmm. It just shows how quickly things can, can change, really. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that my team does to stay connected. Um, but what we need to be doing better is, is communicating and, and keeping stronger ties. So why people. was that not done in the first place then, Mark? It, well, it was. We do have, we, you know, we try to communicate, but the messaging it just somehow it's got lost, whether that's because we've come back from the pandemic and businesses are busy focusing on making sure that they can stay open and we're busy focusing on what we're doing. Well, I'm, I'm not too sure. actually of the pandemic and people obviously losing money, such as you have made redundancies. Obviously, you raised prices this year when it came to certain like bans and the entrance fees into the village and things like that. Do you think that's something that should have been done considering people are at a lesser stage of financially? So what we've done, we've increased, we kind of, we, we have to cover the cost to deliver the festival that people tell us they want. That's first and foremost, that's really important. And we're not here to, to make money. You know, we, we don't make profits. Any money that we raise gets plowed directly back into our communities. I need to be really clear about that. Um, but when it comes to making sure that the, the festival is, is accessible as possible, we've created cheaper wristbands this year and we've put available more hardship wristbands for those who are facing financial hardship more than ever before, being sensitive and making sure that we are being as accessible as a as an event as we possibly can be this year so we're doing a lot to you know we're doing a lot to, to make sure that we are giving people opportunities we so can always do, do more that, i need to be honest we can always do more so do you think that with obviously a lot of people turning around saying they don't really want the festival side of it do you think if they came to a listening group and people says we would rather it stayed in the village such as like the village people weekend and things that we've got like that they would like it downsized that would you think of that as an option we would think of everything as an option that's put forward. Um, we have, we literally have asked these questions. This isn't something new for us. We, we do this every year. Um, so these are, you know, what we've done with the festival now, we, we've expanded it because we had to. We were forced out of the space that we previously delivered the footprint within the village. And we created more options of how, of, of how people will want to celebrate their pride. We're not dictating what people have to do. You know, there's a portion of our audience that, that wants to go to the live music concert elements of what we deliver. There's audiences, there's a portion of, of our, of our 
communities that want to go to the gay village. Some of them want to go to our free cultural events. There are younger people who go to youth pride. There are families that go to family pride. There are those that want to go to the parade in the years that we can have it. This year, we've got the marches. And there's those that want to attend the vigil. So what we're doing is creating choice. And that's in direct response to what, what we've asked people, what they want to see. Some people don't want to go to, to, to what they would call the concert. Some people don't want to go to the village. Some people don't want to go to the parade. We, we're trying to give as much choice. And, and that's not because there's a group of people that have decided, oh, we just think we're going to do this. That's based on what we're being told when we're asking people what they want from the festival and from the charity in the future. Do people want to see your charity spending £1 million on production? Well, that's what it costs to safely deliver the event. So there's not really that's not really in, in, in question. Uh, if we're going to deliver a festival, it's going to have those costs attached to it. So we need Could to be, you know, we need to be really clear. For the charity and for the good causes by having a slightly, slightly smaller event than what you're delivering at the moment. Because, I mean, last year, sorry, 2019 was at Mayfield. And we had Annie The Grande. mother of all venues. It was massive. And I honestly have never heard so many complaints about the place. Uh, well, that's interesting because overwhelmingly the feedback that we got from ticket buyers who, who attended that event said that they, that they loved it. We know there were issues with it and there always will be with any new event. But what we created like in 2019, the feedback that I had from business in the village was that this was the best that they'd ever had and the sense of community that was there was really high. Um, so that's that, that's what that's the feedback that we've had and, and that's slightly different to what it is that, that you're telling me there. To kind of wrap this up now, Mark... Um, you know, you're obviously being, your head's been on the block, so to speak, for the past few weeks. <laughs> obviously, there's not just you, though. You are working with the Board of Trustees. Yeah. When will we hear specifically from them that's not just a Facebook or an Instagram post? Yeah. yeah. Where are you? You know they? what? Thank you, Belinda. That, that's a, that's a, you've been really kind to me with that question because I am the face of the organisation because I'm the CEO and that's my job. So my, my job has been on you know on, on the whatever you said on chopping block. I don't know probably probably every year since I joined because as a CEO I, I'm the person that has to make comments on what it is that we're doing or explain things or go out there and, and explain difficult decisions or controversial decisions. Um, our board of trustees is is really passionate about what we do and they want to create additional visibility. You know, throughout the, the list of exercises that, that we'll be doing, they will be inputting and they will be making themselves available so that our, uh, our communities can see who they are. But it's important to know that I've got a team of people, a team of staff who, who work passionately as well with me to continue to make sure that we're engaging and we're doing what it is that our communities want. And um, we just, it, it's not just me, you know, this isn't about me. I'm really fortunate to have this job because I really believe in what it is that we do. And I stand for our community and have done for many years and will do forever. So I'm very proud to be here. It's almost an honor, but, but it's not just me, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I take your point there and I'll share that with our trustees. So going forward then, what promises can you make to rectify the damage that's been done over the past few weeks? To make clear that we are listening, we are listening, and to make clear the opportunities for people to come and engage with us, to tell us what they want to see from us in the future. I think that's it. Clear communications to follow up the engagement that we're doing so that people can really feel, those that feel dis disconnected with us, can reconnect if they want to. Um, you know, but we're always here. It's We are a small team, but we're committed to, to doing what it is that, that we do. And, and the community is at the heart of everything that we do. And that won't change. I can make those promises. And when it comes to listing what people want to see from us as an organisation and what our, our audiences would like to see us fund, you will see us listening to that and responding to it. And I think we just need to get better at breaking down what it is that we do so people can understand our charitable function and, and what we do, you know, as well as giving grants out. 
the benefits that we deliver to LGBT plus people all year round. We need to demystify it and we'll be doing that. Okay, and okay. so to see more visibility from exactly what Manchester Pride is doing. So we'll see more of that soon. And uh, hopefully to see more of that. And um, just off, you're, you're not quitting, you're not resigning, and neither is any of the board. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely not resigning. I'm committed to making sure that, that we have the Pride celebration that we have and that the charity functions the way it's supposed to. Uh, and our board, uh, you know, I have their full support and, and they have mine. Excellent. Thank you very well, much. Well, we hope you're meeting tomorrow with the LGBT Foundation and George House Trust goes well. Yes. And I hope that this is all kind of tipexed out and that we can all look forward to a major, wonderful Pride event. For now, though, Mark Fletcher, thank you very much thank for you your very time. Thank you Mark. Thank you. We've had one side of the story. It's time to get the other. Please welcome Smith Harper. Hi, folks. You all right? You were listening to all that? I was indeed, yes. And what do you take from all that, then? So, look... None of us want to be here, do we? It's kind of been a really difficult couple of weeks and, and it was sparked by the fact that we had to announce that, that the funding for our condom scheme uh-huh. from Manchester Pride was closing after 27 years. It was really important that we got that message out to our community Absolutely. because basically if we don't raise the money, the condoms run out in December. Mm-hmm. However, you can see what the reaction has been from the community and we are so grateful to the village businesses for setting mm-hmm. up this funding drive for both us and George House Trust. It's been absolutely amazing. What I think, do you believe it should be the businesses that are now coming together for this, or do you believe it should have been a continued investment from Manchester Pride? So, we really support Manchester Pride. So, Manchester Pride in a couple of weeks is going to be on two sites. So, we're going to have our brilliant village angels going between them to help make sure people get there safely. We're going to have people giving information out at the sites. It's really important. Manchester Pride, as Mark said, and he's quite right, it's not Mark Fletcher Pride. It's not. The Board of Pride's pride, it's Manchester pride, it's our pride, it belongs to Uh all of us. So we're really supportive of it, and we always have been, back through all of the different things that used to be called. You'll remember, Belinda, you're far too young, Brandon, but you'll remember all the different things. What? Being so young, (laughs) Miss It's It's been a palaver, though, hasn't it? I mean, there's been so many statements Mm. put out. I mean, it's been contradiction after contradiction after contradiction. Have you had a discussion with Manchester pride over the last few hours that says that they are going into discussions with you. So, what I'm really pleased about, and Mark just confirmed it there earlier on, is that today, yes, um, Paul Martin, who's Chief Executive at LGBT mm-hmm. Foundation, and, and Darren, Darren Knight, who's the Chief Executive of GHT, we had to put a statement out earlier on today because we got contradictory signals yes. from Manchester Pride. What they said to us in private, and then what they initially said in public was different to what was said today, and we need to get that sorted out. So we're really pleased that Mark has agreed to Paul and, and, and Darren's request yes. to sit down with him. So we're really happy that's happening tomorrow. We've got a lot to thrash out, though, and we need to do it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously, there was also the sort of thing that he's been saying in other interviews about that they hope to be able to fund you next year. It's do you think this is going to be something... It? It, it's an, a, a very dodgy word, the word hope. I, I hope to be able to keep to my diet, but I don't know if I'll be able to promise it. So is it something that you think you'll be able, that it will actually continue, or do you think that there might be an issue with it? So it's a really tough situation at the minute. Mm -hmm. COVID has caused really big problems for all of the charitable sector. So I understand where Mark's coming from whenever he says that he can't give guarantees. I think that, you know, it used to be a lot more straightforward back in the day. You know, the, the funding was split the surplus that was made on the Pride Festival was split between ourselves, George Bush Trust, Body Positive as was, mm-hmm. and then other community groups. That was a really clear way of doing it, but actually we never knew what, what the money was that was coming, so there was yes. never any certainty. Um, what I think we'd like is just something that's clear about what 
-hmm. actually Manchester Pride is going to do to make sure that they're doing everything they can to support LGBTQ plus people in, in Manchester and Greater Absolutely. Manchester. I think that's what's been missing though. Just yeah. listening to everybody and all the messages and all the anger that's going on, I think it's clear visibility about what Pride is. Yeah. They've gone from Manchester Pride to Manchester Pride Festival. Mm -hmm. They're delivering this, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. There's these silly little posts you know, that keep appearing. There's so much involved media. with Pride. I know especially obviously working the same home stretch. It, Belfast Pride is one day, Manchester is four. And there's so many different events that go on through that and so many people we talk to. And it feels like they're not getting as much attention to that and we're not paying more attention to this festival kind of ideal than we are the heart and of the community, which is the village. I would be really interested to ask our viewers now, what is more important to you? The music festival or the community side mm -hmm. of Pride? What actually means more to you? We will take, uh, we will take anger faces... No, we'll take... We've we'll got take, laugh faces. We'll take hearts. laughter faces for community. We'll take thumbs up for the music side of it. So let's see how that goes in a minute. Uh, do you never know how much you're going to get then. How, how can you as a, an other charity, an offset basically, know what you're going to be doing with what money if you don't know what's coming in? So we are a charity that's been around for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Paul set up... Um, well, we've been around since 1974, you know. That's whenever the, the Manchester Gay and Lesbian Switch World was first set up. And actually, our organisation kind of grew out of that. Yeah. Paul Martin set up Healthy Gay Manchester in 95, I yeah. think. And then LGF was created, and then LGBT Foundation. And what we do is we provide, we campaign for equality, but we also provide a huge range of services, not just in, in Greater Manchester, but, but most of our services are here in Greater Manchester. That's our sexual health services, which includes the condoms and lube scheme. That's our domestic abuse services our service for services for trans people, our services for um, community safety. So we've got the, the Village Angels. Mm -hmm. There's a whole long list. I, honestly, it would take the whole hour of it to go through it. So we know that we need to be able to generate funding to provide mm -hmm. those services to people, and we are absolutely determined and committed to do that. And we do it through driving partnerships with public service providers mm -hmm. because we provide really good value to them for services we provide. We develop partnerships with... Um, businesses that are willing to kind of come in and sponsorship with us, stuff like the village businesses who have been amazing with us, and of course people can donate and fundraise for us as well. So it's always a struggle to get our funding, but we've done it every year, and I'm sure Absolutely. we're going to do it. In and the how future. much? How much of a kick in the gut was it when you saw that post about from from Pride the about scheme. them withdrawing funding or potentially with well, whatever they want to call it this year? Yeah. So. so Obviously, you know, when it was clearly, it was really disappointing because yeah. this is a scheme that's been going for 27 years. And a lot of people think, you know, well, we've got prep now, so we don't need condoms. Condoms are absolutely... It's so, the same thing of that 99% effectiveness. Yeah. So do you know something? It's a seat. Yes. And this seat is getting rid of HIV forever. Yeah. And that seat's got four legs. Yeah. The first leg is prep because prep stops... HIV in, yeah. in its tracks. The next step is getting regular testing because if you get tested regularly and get diagnosed early, you can get treated, which is the third leg of that seat. And if you get your treatment, well, we know that un un undetectable means equals untransmissible. You can't pass it on and you'll live a long and healthy life. The fourth leg of it is condoms and lube because condoms is still a really important way. Take Absolutely. away any of those legs, the chair falls over. But if you keep that chair strong, we get rid of HIV yeah. forever. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that, that's why. So, yeah, well, of course we're disappointed, but we're also committed to working with, with Pride and we're also committed to seeing where we can, we can work together mm. for the benefit scene. of LGBTQ plus people. Well, exactly, and that's what we all need to remember. Yeah. I mean, Pride started off as such a small event. I mean, I, I've, I've always found it strange that the word festival was added. It was yeah, almost like we're now it, going it, that way. It doesn't feel like it's really needed. What part of Pride is festival when it should be a group of people getting together and to support the people who they are? And just... 
what, what would you say we had more of, Mr. Director? More oh, community. Community, more community everywhere. Can we bring up any comments at this point? Let's have a little look of any that you've not managed to put up at this point. So we had Let the Village Arrange. It's 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 bits, bits Manchester Pride and Jits bits split the two split the two. That's not it's not a bad option. Obviously, we have things like we talked about earlier, the the Manchester yeah. band and the Village Pass. I'm sure a lot of people out there would support the fact that on a Thursday you can walk into that village free, but once it hits that Friday, you have to pay to be there. And what's the difference realistically? Yeah, let's have a look at this one then. Uh, but the pe- I can't. It's but the people that are watching this are the people that are more engaged with the community. I think the people filling in pride surveys are only interested in the party side of it. Well, that's I suppose that's it quite would be true. interesting to know where he pulls his absolutely his because there's from, quite a lot yeah. of people who go to the party side who come to Manchester Pride for that factor. But the people of Manchester are more about the community. I'd say it's it's, it's, it's a strange one. I just hope it all gets sorted. Yes, because Pride when it's on form and it's working for both the community absolutely and the people that just want to party is a great great event. Yes, isn't it is. It? Amazing. Manchester Pride superb, isn't it? It is. It's, it, and it's not, it's like, as Mark has said, it's about the people. The memories that you've got of Pride, for me anyway, I don't know about anybody else, yeah, yeah. the memories for me have never really been about who's been up on the stage. It's absolutely. been the people, the people. It's with, the people, it's the know? experience. It's the giggles yeah. and the laughs oh, yeah. and everything absolutely. that goes with it. It is, unless you mean, in which case I've never seen anything outside of a pub for the last <laughs> few Prides. But, you know, can't complain about the work, can you? Wow. Uh, for now, Smith Harper, thank you so much thank for coming in today. Anytime. Thank you. Everybody loves a story, especially when it's from Manchester. This film has taken a while to complete, but it's now finally ready, we do believe, to launch. Let's find out more as we speak to Anton Arenko. Hi, Belinda. Hi, Brandon. Thank you for having me again. No problem. problem. How's the journey been, Flower? It has been uh, an amazing journey. Um, I was saying the other day on another interview, it's like it's taught me more than any classroom ever could. Uh, making a Manchester story, it's it really has, and you know I've been so fortunate uh, with the team I've had who've helped me make it, with the people I've had in it, and it's just been an incredible journey. But it's definitely not been necessarily an easy one, but it's been a great journey. So, what exactly is the Manchester story about then? So, a Manchester story is a positive documentary um, focusing on the um, healing efforts that were made in the aftermath of the Manchester Arena bombing. Uh, so, we feature a range of individuals uh, from across the city and even beyond who've really contributed to the uh, community and helping rebuild it and really um, turning people's lives around. And, you know, having that unfortunate, that un- sad incident as that the basis of why they did those things. That's amazing. So where you, you've, you've done this now, have you? Is it completed? Is it ready for everybody to yes, see? Yes, it is. It is fully complete. Uh, it is going live next Sunday, so we, you can pre-order it now on Vimeo. Uh, it's coming to other platforms and DVD uh, a couple months later. Um, but I'm super happy with it. It's definitely achieved the vision I had for it because it was it was not an easy undertaking. I, I was still at, um, at university and stuff and this is the biggest thing I've done because it's 90 minutes and I had to keep coming up because um, I studied down south and I had to keep coming back up to Manchester which I love Manchester and I love coming back up here but having to balance that with work uni and everything like it was it, it was a real real learning curve Marvellous. so it's 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 ready to go what can we expect from it how would you describe this and perhaps sell it to people so they watch this I think it is a eye-opener um, to that event and I really think you know everyone knows what happened that evening that tragic evening four years ago but this is the other part of what happened and this is the other st- this is a Manchester story this is what happened 
in the aftermath and what incredible people we have in this city and what they've been doing to rebuild it and heal those people. Um, I think it's it's got some definitely got some heartfelt moments. It's also got a bit of light Manchester humour in there, but it definitely is a reflective film that really does, I think, speak for what the incredibleness of this city is and what its people do around here. Well, again, you've been one of those Mancunian people that have fully made something happen, Flower, and we love to have people like you on this show. And we've enjoyed following your journey, but what is next for you then? Well, um, I think it's just getting this film out first, but um, I'm actually sadly not living in Manchester anymore. I live up in Blackpool. Um, Ooh, default <laughs> left. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Mancunian people up here, so it's all good. Um, but I definitely would like to go on to make more films that really provoke and really tell stories and stuff. I'm not quite sure what they'll be, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We expect to see more from you in the future. Someone's Thanks so much. Yes. Well, what a lovely show that was, Flower. Well, it was a very interesting show, wasn't it? It was up and down. Oh, always. Indeed. Join us next time for another fantastic show only on... Your Manchester! Manchester.